name name me one podcaster that doesn't have something to hide. Um, I think I think Justin Rosniak has nothing to hide. <laughs> I think I, I've never uh, the man very plainly lays himself out every podcast to just get just lambasted. That's fair. I think it's beautiful. I think it's I think it's beautiful. I think it's the the buy-in for that podcast. I think people. I don't know. He's he he uh, he is the one who who is without sin that may throw the first stone against my podcast. Um, and that podcast is uh, is lame. Oh yes, the uh, Lexington abolitionist Marxist Marxist experience. You want to take? You want to do a take two on those words? The, yeah, the Lexington abolitionist Marxist materialist experience. Okay, there's not. You can't have. You can't add a second in. <laughs> you gotta pick. All right. The uh, Mark. Oh, fuck me. The <laughs> Lexington abolitionist materialist experience. All right. There we go. Okay. Cool. Um, uh, this is a podcast covering. Uh, local Lexington news and affairs um, with an ex- with an explicit political bent coming from uh, me, a uh, urban geography dropout. Uh, my name's Jenry, and I'm Aaron. I'm a, I guess, a computer person. Although, don't hold me to that. That's just my legacy now, is uh, that I just draw circuits. Mm. Don't uh, don't ask me for tech support. I can't help you. Yeah. We have Aaron on the podcast. Aaron is our on-site Marxist, um, on-staff Marxist, as um, sort of mandated by affirmative action. We have to have a Marxist on the podcast. Joe Biden put me here. Joe Biden put you here. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we wouldn't be here without without Joe Biden, right? I saw, I was uh, reading an interesting opinion in the in the Herald-Leader the other day. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a one way to put it. <laughs> And uh, it was this. It was this lady, and she was writing about how um, it was obviously a satire piece. Mm. But it was uh, Joe. Joe Biden is elected. the The Second Amendment has vanished. Mm. Um, all your All your children have been transed. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, your guns have uh, walked themselves into the garbage can and just melted. Yeah. Um, so that was that was a fascinating read. Yeah. It uh, was. I will say, it was really weird to watch Joe Biden in just a cabal of endocrinologists behind him at the inauguration it was like nothing nothing but hormone therapists yes they're quite they're out they're out to get you quite spooky um but of course we um uh um after certain legal proceedings have um been barred permanently from covering national politics that's why we talk about lexington and what what better news to talk about lexington than of course the fact that if you want to board a bus um after january the 31st of 2021 you have to pay up now or just show your student ID or weirdly flash something that looks like a student ID and just get on the bus. Show your expired student ID. Indeed, there's not they're not checking. The buses but bus drivers here are not cops. They're very nice people. Also, you're boarding from the rear. We have yet to d- see I've yet to see how that one's going to turn out because unless they've moved the fare collection or but like if you're a student and you have to show your ID to get on the bus, but they want you to board from the rear. I have to board. Do I board from the rear and just hold my ID up and just makes visual eye contact through the big rearview mirror that the bus driver has? Um, I don't know. We that is that is something. Once again, um, we got to go take a bus trip at some point um, post right. in February. And Podcast on the bus. Podcast on the bus. Except I'm way too way too introverted to ever speak on a bus. Well, I'm I'm sure they'll come up with a good solution in three days. Uh, I think they've got it. I think they've got it. Um, you can, of course, buy a pass already. They've been selling passes for the last, like, seven days now. Um, and they're selling them at all the usual places. So if you want that, you can have it. Or literally print out a what a student ID card looks like. Um, I'm sure I'm sure the uh, UK student will be willing to just give you theirs. And what, like, what does it matter to them? Um, so that's really it for Lextran. Uh, there is some big, some big... Uh, infrastructure um stuff going on here finally the pedestrian bridge over man awards finally happening folks this has been a decade in the waiting um uh, a project that has lasted longer than center pit um the the uh bridge has finally begun construction much to um the uh uh dislike of those who have to commute through hamburg because of course they're shutting down man of war periodically over the next few days and the most previous days. So if you're listening to this, um, like, you know, on the 29th or the 30th and you were upset at us for not giving you the warning sooner, 
Um, our sincerest apologies. The schedulers are out to kill us. Um, this is a bridge that is going over. Um, it is connecting these two different trails in the Hamburg area, which um, are one of those. It's one. They're one of those trails where they took an old railway and turned it into a pedestrian way. Rails to trails. Rails to trails. Instead of using it as a railway, um, it is now a trail. So if you look at a map of Lexington um, and you look where this is happening, you can see sort of get a get a gist of where the uh, railroad used to go. Um, and what's confusing is that we've converted some of it downtown into abandoned rail. And, and like, like there is a, there's a website here, um, abandonedrails.com. Um, everyone's new favorite resource. Okay. I can't make it work in this. I need to make the window bigger. Help me, help me, help me. Okay. There is it. You, it will show you sections of abandoned rail and then it will show you sections of working rail. And part of this rail is still in service because it connects to the um, lot, because it, it connects to the connect out by BCTC and goes into the RJ Corman lot. But part of it, if um, it only the rail extends, it goes from East Lexington, um, goes over North Lexington um, alongside Loudon Avenue, which is of course um, was the original New Circle, New Circle. Um, well, that's a that's a historical lesson for another day. And it keeps going, and then it makes it almost, almost to where Liberty and Old Todd Roads intersect, and then it's just trail waves. So now it's trails, and um, they're building a bridge over Man of War, and then it's trails. And then if you zoom out, this is the, the road calls it the Lexington Subdivision, um, and it, it was a rail that went from like Ashland to Lexington. This is cool because if you're listening to this podcast, I'm just making an assumption that you're interested in trains. And that's why we're spending some time on this one. Uh, it's very cool. Look it up. Um, it's interesting to see uh, what these rails are up to or who even uses these rails. It would be cool if everyone did, however. Um, but that's the, um, it, you know, that's the dispatch on that. If It's something that is going kind of well, however. While rail is declining, recycling is coming back at a snail's pace, ladies Finally. and gentlemen. Um, finally, yes. Um, after we realized that maybe um, uh, selling our recycling to a, like the other half of the world wasn't a solid strategy for a um, a green future, uh, so we've um, set up some, and they've been setting it up. And we come, we come, we've been kind of late on the drop on this one because it's been around for the while. But we are, but there is another one opening up. There are these yellow. Uh, recycle they're yellow now which is really messing me up because everyone knows oh, no. rosie's blue uh blue or at least green blue or blue or green How bright are... green not dark green yeah dark green is garbage yeah um bl- it's always blue in my heart that's how i was trained in my good ways there's of course a bunch of them there's now one however and this is ironic in the parking lot outside the herald leader um so you can as soon as you read the herald leader just immediately dispose of it it's a they've sort of like perfected the pipeline i'll say <laughs> um the true the true use of the herald leader yeah the true use of the herald leader is to um be sold to uh offshore companies to turn other papers into it so does this does this mean we can finally start recycling paper yes but now i will say this ladies and gentlemen um a little secret i want to let you in on a little little exclusive tidbit of information just for these podcast listeners you won't read this in the herald leader if you just bring your recycling to UK, you can recycle whatever because UK has their own recycling because we're our own city onto ourselves. So if you come to UK, because let me say this, Lexington will only take paper. UK will literally take anything. The recycling people at UK are geniuses and they work really hard and they figured out how to do it. Um, so if you really got a, if you really have an urge to recycle some plastics, um go sort of just roaming around uk and you might come across some um they've so i that's how i've been doing my paper recycling when recycling got canceled at the beginning of the pandemic i was just simply using uk's recyclers um excellent yeah really that's praxis i mean it it really goes to show how much how much uh, public services can get done when they're only employed for half of the year Mm -hmm. um Mayor Gordon had some things to say. Um, 
And she, in, in response to uh, the recycling thing, she said, I hear from citizens about this issue on a daily basis. Having the option to recycle is important for our city. Um, which is interesting because um, that's a very, 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 very interesting way to review recycling. Um, is having the option to recycle being important for one single city. I like, um, I like the idea that on, like, in her inbox or, uh, like, on her desk, there's just uh, some some form of communication from somebody yeah. demanding when they can recycle their paper. The recycling thing for Lexington has been really sort of a soft spot because when they first shut down recycling, I back when my I, when I had a Twitter that was public, um, complained about it on my Twitter, and they were literally name searching city government. Twitter was name searching themselves in recycling um, on Twitter. And I I said it, and they just replied out of the blue to my comment with, like, a generic response. And I'm like, did you – I'm like, I get that you're, like, super hyper-defensive, but if you read the tweet, I wasn't even criticizing them. I wasn't even – I wasn't even saying it was their fault, even though it was, um, in a way, for, for being part of this uh, uh, globalist uh, recycling Ponzi scheme or whatever, where you just sell your recycling to China where they'll throw it away for you. Um, but – and they'll only recycle it if it's, if it's profitable. Yeah, exactly, right? And I mean, well, the other thing is that, like, we weren't, we stopped even selling it. There was a good while where we were simply giving it away for free to just anyone that would take it, um, which is, you know, I don't know. if uh, This is this is proof um, that we need a domestic, a robust domestic recycling in our own political system. Uh, and um, also... Maybe we need to think a little differently about how maybe the option to recycle paper isn't just important for the city, but um, of urgent urgent need um, to be done for the whole planet's sake. But I don't know. That's just, that's just me, I guess. Um, it's, it's an important it's an important issue. It is it well it's an important issue, right? That's uh, that's one thing I guess. Maybe we can the agree most on. important issue. Yeah. So there's now seven locations, and if you're really interested in it, I already trust you to know where it is. There's like it's like at the Good Foods Co-op is the one that I would go to. Um, Excellent. Yeah, behind the Herald Leader, where you can just immediately just straight pipeline that sh- stuff and like straight into the recycling, um, and you know, which is so funny because like we we rely heavily on the Herald Leader. Because I don't, you know, like I have a job and I go to school or whatever. I don't have the time to go and uh, patrol the city and ask for my own comments. So for now, the Herald Leader is serving us. But uh, uh, my uh, yeah, I the only perspective I get from my job is uh, this the the corporate uh, I have stocks perspective. Mm. Um, so I get no no variation in opinion it's all very homogenous yeah well at least you get to commute somewhere i don't i don't have a commute oh true yes everything's online for me now i just i just wake up and i walk to my desk now it's quite miserable um, but yeah we're going to be talking about the commute oh how exciting coming up and oh yes we are i forgot that's on our list um so since we've uh so since we've sort of opened the shell on a um, a griping with city government, a, a favorite national task uh, pastime for us. Um, bad stuff's happening on city council. And uh, it's like, I don't like, you know, it's so my time. This is the one bad thing that I was able to really zero in on. But when I was looking through to find the um, video recording of this, uh, of this special committee meeting, that they were having it was not special. It was a regular committee meeting they were having, but think special things were going on in it. I kept finding other different com- video committing fo- files that just looked like very tantalizing to me that I'm like, Oh man, I should probably be looking at that. And it's like, at the end of the day, I don't have five hours to watch city council people because they were, they don't, they simply do not keep minutes. Like I don't, there's no longer like an option to click minutes. I, I'm so confused. What do they do? Like, that's got to be some kind of accessibility issue. Right? It absolutely. I mean, their their closed captioning system never works. It is really cool though because so they're um, what's really funny is that they're like Lex Live TV that like broadcasts the things. When you go to the recording, it will show you like a block of just the hour. So like if the meeting is late, you get to see some like the generic messaging from um, like from Lex Live, and the the signal rip is like this like old like um like analog signal it's not 
like like it looks like it's like coming off like a VHS tape almost and like all the announcements are modern they're talking about the novel coronavirus or whatever but they're um like like they just look like they're from the early 90s you can see the scan lines yeah the music is from the it's like it's so weird it's like i was like just i kept just hitting like screenshotting images of it because i was just so fascinated by it um so i definitely think at some point we'll have to do a little special zooming in on a what exactly goes on at lex live um because there are at lex tv because it uh it interests me greatly but the 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 bad stuff that's happening in Lexington is that uh, the city government is seeking to um, uh, sell properties, right? And now, naturally, if you haven't figured out the sort of like political vibe that this show gets off, um, both uh, both yours truly and Aaron um, are very opposed to the idea of um, a city a, a state releasing property um because we believe they should be you know acquiring more property as as you know as we've seen historically um in both local and national uh affairs only good things happen when uh we we've relinquished control of previously previously state and government held holdings to to the free market yeah it's like it's you know it's let's yeah go ahead like yeah sure let's just privatize just whatever um you know, and it's really goofy because the city uh, – so there's three locations that were on their actual list of, like, getting rid of the property. There was 43 locations considered, and there's a few – I have written a few other ones that where they're, like, reevaluating what the um, what the city is uh, doing with it to, like, make the – quote-unquote, make the most revenue, which is fine or whatever. But, like, the, there's three that they want to get rid of, right? And that's Arts Place um, – in the the Morton House, which I, I I'm such an idiot for not writing down the addresses of these because it would make a lot more sense. But there's the Morton House, and then of course there's Old Fire Station Number Two, right? Um, so the Arts Place is maybe the the most hopeful of these because the city um, is interested in communi- uh, talking with the Lex Arts people in um, in transferring the property into their ownership. But I'd simply rather just see LexArts be taken over by the city. I'd rather it go the other way around. You know what I mean? Um, let's see. Uh, Morton House, um, there's a company called The Nest, um, which I, once again, very very little research done on those people. I believe they do some kind of social services. Um, once again, Lexington wants to see if they can just sell it to those, give the property to those people. Instead of instead of you know being landlords, which is like, I feel like with this recent budget crisis, like maybe it's maybe it's good for us to keep these sort of continuing sources of land revenue. But that's just just me saying. Um, and then the most inexcusable old fire station number two, they simply recommend selling it. Um, there is no fancy transfer of property. There's no good solution. They're like we should just sell it. Like no thanks. The gall. Like the. Lexington, maybe instead of just selling it, you should just rent it to some like you know like frou frou local business boutique place and at least make some money on the property. I don't know, like I would be fine with Lexington buying more historic buildings, and you know um, businesses can run out of them or whatever. But I don't want the businesses to own these historic places. I don't. I'm not really interested in that happening. Um, the good news is that nothing's happening immediately though. There's still room for comment. Um, February 11th is the next time this committee meets. So if there anyone has public comment, they can do it. The Civic Lex has an article on this exact um, little meeting in Thanksgiving, a similar recap as I did, although I did it better because I can't give an inch to those Civic Lex people. Um, government propaganda, if you ask me. Not even a millimeter. Not even a millimeter. Um, but anyway, the Civic Lex does have useful links on contacting um leaving public comment and stuff there's you know they're fine i guess um they're just government propaganda but they're fine as as we're about to attend a uh, as we're about a, to a attend civic a civic lex event yeah um tomorrow uh um i guess today if you're listening today to if you're listening to it liz sheehan is holding some like event uh like town hall but just for uk students which i find yes. rich this will be on the 29th yeah um and we're very excited to see what's going on with that civic lex is putting the event on um, so we'll see if anything funny or interesting comes of that. 
we'll talk about it but who knows it we're, could be we're here on the scene we're here on the scene ladies and gentlemen this is the kind of work that we do to um bring you the quality programming that you deserve um and insight into city council that you deserve um so that being said there's a few three key properties that were not on the immediate sell list that but but that were on like the like reconsidering list or whatever for they do it and um I got some good news, I got some bad news, and I got some weird news, right? So leading with the weird news, um, the Car- the Carnegie Center is one that I really, truly don't understand. The summation that they gave on the Carnegie Center was that they were talking about, like, asking, like, trying to buy it or get, sell it to the library. Is it the li- Lexington Public Library is, like, a different entity and they're like the reason this is in is they is like because of some wild tax revenue case that some government agency lost at some point. I'm like, I just like totally no links, no references to anything. Just like casually in this agenda document, just mentions this wild intragovernmental suit or whatever um, that leads to the uh, precarious ownership of the Carnegie Center. Um, they are also uh, curious in contacting Transylvania University to see if they would, um, if they could sell the Car- um, Carnegie Center to Transylvania. And to which, once again, if you're if you run the city government, and you're listening to this podcast, you've already given so much to UK. Once again, don't give an inch to these universities. We've already given so much. They're they're fledgling city states. Yeah, they will rest at nothing Listen. before they take over the entire area yeah like let me say this uk is already at an untenable size for us to like really reasonably bargain with them transylvania is not there yet but they easily could be just like look out guys that's all i'm saying they're not even a public college be on the lookout is all i'll say to that um good news though is that and this is an interesting one so the downtown art center um which i believe is named after some former mayor but i don't remember the full name of it and honestly i naming things after people is for losers um, which is why we will be calling it the lame downtown art center in honor of our glorious podcast. We're reappropriating um, the downtown art center. Yeah. It's for us now, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, um, it is a thing that we lease from the state of Kentucky the Commonwealth of Kentucky owns this property and we lease it so that we are actually looking at pursuing purchasing the downtown art center, um, as city property, which is exciting. So that's glad to see that government is at least looking to extend its holdings there. However, and this is probably the worst news of the podcast, um, if selling the old fire station wasn't bad, they literally, and they literally use these words, which is insane because it's literally the year of our Lord 2021. The 70s was so long ago, guys. Like, get over yourselves. They want to pursue, uh, they want to investigate turning the Kentucky Theater into a public-private partnership. I have no words. Yeah, just like a moment of silence for all the like, you know, like soup that must be the city councilor that wrote that proposition's brain is now um for deciding for thinking that um, you know, a public private partnership for a th- movie theater of all things in a pandemic. In a pa- like gee, like god, are you like how dap like like just offsourcing the labor of running a institution to a private company is easy while it may be easier for you as a government because you don't have to deal with it anymore it's like if the government's not going to take care of it the, a profit-seeking business is going to take care of it even less it is our like one of the oldest theaters movie theaters still running in america and we're just going to play we're just going to play fast and loose with it absolutely not i literally can't believe um I they say that someone's someone needs to be shot over this. This is yeah. This is before uh, the Kentucky Theater turns into the uh, AMC Kentucky. The Theater. The AMC Kentucky Theater. Yeah, jeez. The <laughs> the Kirkorian Theater Part Two, <laughs> um, which I don't know what's gonna. I mean, there. So the Kirkorian Theater. I don't know if you talked about it in the last episode. Um, big Whitaker Bank sponsored project. Silly, goofy LA chain of like multi variety. There's like theaters and like private bowling alleys and stuff like they're like a sports bar it's goofy stuff stuff it's, for the rich people to do after uk loses indeed it's right next to rep arena it's next to all the hotels so there's like you know cause to put it but at the same time really stepping on the ky theaters turf and honestly what a bad move they finished building it and they're just holding off on opening they're like we're not going to open yet it's all done 
We just are going to open. And when you're asked when they're going to open, they're just going to say at a time. So um, uh, rest in pieces, Korean theater. I hope you never open. Um, that's, that's, that's from, that's from me to you. Uh, and, um, kind of, kind of, I don't know. I, I, I blow through that. I didn't blow through that. We're right on time. Um, we have a final PSA, um, from a, a, uh, boots on the ground, wheels on the ground report from Aaron. This is a firsthand experience. Um, yesterday in the year of our Lord, 2021, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. we experienced approximately two and a half inches of snow here in the bluegrass. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a beautiful sight. Yeah, beautiful stuff. Beautiful, um, absolutely amazing. Seeing the seeing the majesty of snow. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing uh, that was uh, a problem was the frozen hellscape known as the roads. Yes, the e- most evil thing. Um, and I was actually driving last night. Oh wow! Um, yeah, look at you. So uh, everybody was going like ten. That's called for, yeah. um, and for good reason too, because uh, like ad- even attempting to slow down would turn on your interlock or like the anti-locking brakes. Yeah, you would. S- there's no slowing down actually. <laughs> yes, um, I had to shift into. I had to shift down gears uh, to slow down. Like brakes, brakes couldn't cut it. Um, and uh, you know, I I frequently bike to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I've pretty much biked. Uh, I've only driven to work maybe like um maybe like twice in the past year. oh really i thought um, you were like like crazy like committed well i i drove to I work i didn't even know you could park yeah i drove to work um once because i hiked 30 miles oh my god um, and i my legs were were not in a position to bike <laughs> that day <laughs> um and that was a yeah, i hiked at the gorge mm-hmm. um and did that and i was just like no this is i, I it, it's okay for me to for me to drive to work this one day um and then the other time i drove to work was on monday because it was uh raining cats and dogs and also like 30 degrees yeah and uh it, it was actively precipitating and i'm like no yeah no thanks no thanks um but this morning i i, I was uh biking over to work mm-hmm. um and uh you know the road crews they do their best um that's really all i have to say that all, all I can say about the road crews is they do their best, but they can yeah. do better. They, more resources can be allocated. Um, and here's, here's where we need a priority shift in, from, in our road crews from cars to uh, bicycle traffic. Mm-hmm. Because really, who's driving on a snow day? Yeah. Right? Nobody. But bikers need the road. Bikers are out there. They need it. They on need Euclid help. Avenue... And on many other avenues in Lexington, mm-hmm. um, what was what was the case this morning was uh, just a a true tragedy, where the only lanes that were plowed were the car lanes, um, not the median and not the shoulders. Oh my God! So me as a cyclist, I had to drive. Yeah, you had, had to, to be, be, become one with the car. I had to bike in the car lane mm. because I knew, and then and I I put in the old college try. Mm-hmm. I you know I tried to bike in the bike lane, uh-huh. but uh, there's a thing called ice. Yeah, and you can't you can't exactly do that. Um, yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult when you have no friction. So um, any any city plowers listening to the podcast, just uh, yeah. shift over just a little bit. You know, get oh, the shoulders. The, this is this is I this is not something I I blame the city plowers for. I think we need to go one. I think we need to go one degree up higher to the managers of the city plowers. The managers of the managers who is city council. Yes. And they need to put bicycles as a priority. I mean, we we got the legacy trail mm-hmm. getting uh, constructed. You know, we're we're putting we're putting. Uh, Listen, are they still building the legacy? They're trail? still building. <laughs> it's still going. They've on. been building. It's like two decades now. <laughs> it's happening. Um, it's just, it's, it's coming along. Um, you know, we are we as a city are saying that we're committed to uh to at least on the surface. UK is allegedly one of the rated number 1 for a bikeable campus and I'm convinced that that's just UK propaganda. That's I gotta don't be. believe that. I can't if if or it's either if if it's not pro- I can't accept I cannot accept it as truth because if UK is the best we have for biking then this country's doomed. <laughs> that's right. Um but uh, yeah, if you were if you were in charge, or if you were a city plower, or if you're in charge of any city plowers, um, I implore you, I urge you, I beseech you, please mm-hmm. 
just move over a little bit make some make some room for the cyclists we're here too um you know i don't want to be i don't want to be biking around in in car traffic yeah um like some kind of pleb Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to be biking with the yeah. with the patricians of uh, the cyclists. Indeed, you you wouldn't you wouldn't want to be ID'd as a cager, right? I um I was passing by a cyclist on my way home today, and we kind of you know looked at each other mm-hmm. and nodded in solidarity. Um, I love um, that There's just a little biker nod. Yeah, it was great. It was a little it was a little moment between us. Adorable. Um. All right. Well, we will take a um brief brief intermission, and we will come back with um. Uh, I have what I have been promised um, uh, to be a uh, most interesting side B. It's of this a podcast. it's a doozy. It's a doozy. I'm looking at the I'm just I'm looking at the title of it, and I'm like preventing myself from looking further down the agenda sheet. And I'm like, I'm I'm there. But we'll we'll be back in a in a second, folks. You guys are listening to the Lame Podcast. We're in the middle of the show right now. If you guys are enjoying the show so far, you guys can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever star you think is appropriate. You can give us a thumbs up or thumbs down on whatever podcasting app you have if that's supported as well. If you have any comments, questions, eviction notices, death threats, those can all go to lexlamepod@gmail.com. If you want to get in contact with us on Twitter, you can follow us at LamePod. Now is the time to tune out if you didn't like what you were hearing before, because we're about to get into some very, very interesting and juicy stuff. So without further ado, here comes the second half of the show. You guys are listening to Lame, the Lexington abolitionist materialist experience. I'm Aaron. I'm Jenry. And this is side B of the All podcast. Right. Um, well, this this is something that, that came across my mind uh, the other day. I was at the Euclid Kroger, mm-hmm. um, and this guy walked up to me and um clearly like in need of some help mm. um you know he's he's clearly a homeless man mm-hmm. and he's asking me um like i'm from chicago uh, i don't have any cash or anything like that where is uh where can i go to like get some help mm. and uh of course me being from northern kentucky yeah um i say oh yeah there's the salvation army on uh on main street mm-hmm. of course me not knowing anything about the salvation army uh, he actually uh, has been, you know, getting around the parking lot, uh, mm-hmm. so he knows that Salvation Army is just for women and children. Oh, sad. Yes. Uh, so I'm like, shoot, I can't help you, man. I'm really sorry. Yeah. But then it got me thinking, you know, after that interaction, like, why don't I know anything about exactly. where the homeless people should go? Yeah. So I did some research. Mm-hmm. Oh and, dear. Uh, you um, always it's uh, talk about what it's always it's such a such a scary thing um is to do research about basic elements of your, the society in which you live i i did some research about um just a lot of different things about lexington mm-hmm. um and uh to, to start things off um and uh you know generally asked me for some clarification on this so I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna provide some but in in our show notes i have that we need we need a people's history of lexington mm. So if you guys are familiar with uh, people's history of the United States, yeah, thank you, Mr. Howard Zinn. Yes, um, does he have a doctorate? He probably has a doctorate. Probably, yeah, Doctor Howard Zinn, maybe. Um, we need a a Lexington version of that because I'm trying to look up the history of housing in Lexington, mm-hmm. and all I get is the history of North Side neighborhood, yeah. that kind of stuff. I don't care about what the white people are doing. Uh, I want to North Side neighborhood isn't white people. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so this the, is not not that you know like the the fancy part okay yeah the sure. fancy part that's that's because they have their own website north side neighborhood oh the like like the no like court people yeah those like that. people yeah. that's that's what i'm going off of because that's what they call themselves they call yeah. themselves the north side neighborhood i see yeah um, um that is that is their that's their moniker um so all i get is like uh yes uh we we hear it in the north side neighborhood uh, you know, we have a very privileged history. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're building we're building all of these uh, houses from ex ex uh, ex antebellum houses, 
Uh, and they're very, very rich and very nice. And they're in the uh, Italian Modono style. And it's like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't yeah. care. Um, Get out of my face. Um, so if there's anybody listening who knows of any kind of resources where I can find the real history of Lexington. Yeah. Um, the real history of the real north side of Lexington. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, just any interesting history that's not completely whitewashed. Please, please let us know. Uh, yeah. at our email which i'll again reiterate mm-hmm. um as you heard in the in the middle uh that's email us at lexlamepod at gmail.com uh, i would love to hear from you yeah uh, so please let us know um there's like like it, there i mean we so we are people that generate resources about the history of lexington at least like but like you know contemporary we're creating history for lexington you know yes um but there's it's it's been quite difficult to find a bunch of stuff on lexington and there is there is a guy um who back when i was like act uh, back when i was on facebook and i was part of like oh, the man. uh i was um yeah and uh, living in a beautiful post facebook life however it was very sad because the lexington urbanist forum is only on facebook and there's a guy on there called peter Bourne. um peter Bourne, if you're listening love you very much um this guy's like a walking encyclopedia of like Lexington history, like people's history kind of stuff. Very enticing stuff. Um, Peter, if you're listening, shoot us an email, lexlamepod at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> whenever, when we become very rich and famous from the elaborate act of podcasting about local politics, we'll get the people's history of Lexington published. It, it's notable for uh, high returns. Notable for high. I mean, there's not like when I went to my big. Um, a Caribbean getaway business retreat that Elon Musk was at. He was like, the the the, the what did I? He, Elon Musk was like, what did I do to get all my wealth? It's not the blood dem. It's not the blood emeralds. It's not apartheid. It's podcasting. Um, and so you know, great great opportunities out there for anyone who knows about the history of Lexington and wants to get rich quick on um, helping a podcast produce resources about the history that we live in um we will plug anything that you like if it's if it's a good resource we'll plug it yeah absolutely um if there's resources like i don't know we uh, part of understanding uh one's with the political struggle um in life is to understand obviously where the political struggle has come from and i feel like a lot of this stuff is at the library um (laughs) nerd no one's gonna go to the library but uh that involves that involves uh not having a pandemic indeed that's the i was there was a beautiful time like right before the pandemic where i was like i'm gonna go to the library more often and i like went to the like microfiche section which is wild because i don't think anyone is anyone at the library has seen someone my age wanting to use a microfiche machine um so it brought a little smile to their face um uh if you use a microfiche uh machine and you're younger than 23 don't even bother emailing us about it. I don't want to hear how special you are because you use a microfiche machine. Only I can be that. Um, anyway, so enough tooting our own horn. Um, consider this your official call to action um, to uh, help us assemble a complete encyclopedia of the people's history of Lexington. It's um, it's an important project that needs to be done because people need to be aware of this kind of stuff. We don't yeah. want we don't want the 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 fake Northside neighborhood. Indeed, uh, we're, we're, doing, we're doing our best efforts from the positions where we live in to create a accurate document of what it was like to live in Lexington today. But Lexington's been around for a while, folks, and uh, our podcast simply hasn't. Mm-hmm. So, and um, on that note, we're going to talk about housing. Uh, yes, um, it's I, I guess to to start at the beginning, um, mm. and uh, this is unfortunately taken from that uh, from that uh, false false claim uh website there um so who knows if this is even accurate but uh you know the city of lexington was started in 1775 and what was widely considered to be a bad move uh right on right on the right on the creek here they named it after uh they heard about this revolutionary bottle in lexington Mm. um and they were like that's a good name for a city Mm -hmm. and then ever since then uh they were talking about how um there's been uh you know different houses constructed and city hall was at one time in like a bar mm-hmm. or a saloon or whatever Love to see that um and uh there's also a lot of blatant racism in the neighborhood locations oh yeah um and all that kind of stuff and uh, um, segregations and, yeah lexington and- is we're kind of too young for it but there's a um so like if you want to see like a lot of modern trends especially in the 
more like ex-urban post-60s kind of Lexington, which is where a lot of Lexington was built. You're not going to see it, but there is some pretty good uh, Federal Housing Association or authority, not association, Federal Housing Authority redlining um, where you can see like which which uh, neighborhoods have been redlined and whatnot um, if you want to get in on that. So there's some there there's uh, some good maps that you can find. Um, I want to say I want to say Blake Hall actually has just made some good maps. Really, but you have to like follow you have to follow him on you have to like follow people on Twitter. That's what I can't stand. Mm. If we're talking if we're just gonna talk loosely about resource generation, I can't stand that like everything in the city I have to have like a Facebook or like a Twitter for. I don't know. That's just we just me. have websites. Can we just have websites and then. Uh, I can't wait for the emails being like, "Hey, Jenner, you idiot! This is already on a website. Maybe you should make, uh, maybe you should re- do some research before making um, unsubstantiated claims about uh, who has a blog where." But I mean, at least I I put my money where my mouth is because mm-hmm. I have I have a compendium of uh, the Gorge Maps. Indeed, and that's at rrgmaps.com. Indeed, rrgmaps.com. Aaron is a master resource generator. Um, but that's that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here to talk about the the homeless rate here in Lexington. So that was kind of a brief overview. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the things I thought was interesting uh, from from an urban geography's perspective was mm. uh, the the geometry of the roads can indicate whether uh, an area is affluent or not. Interesting. Um, You're really taking my my uh, whole deal here. Yes. Um, so like, and this is this is all from urban geography TikTok. Um, but yeah. I've been, but I've been thinking about it. It's, it's been, it's been Urban making my brain. TikTok. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, okay. It's, it's been making me think. Yeah, um, I went to college for urban geography, unlike all of you low lifes <laughs> that watch vertical videos on street patterns. But go off. All right. So, um, <laughs> more, more affluent neighborhoods have uh, windier roads. Correct. Because they have more, I guess, influence mm. in uh, preventing roads from just going straight through. And uh, poorer areas have uh, straighter roads because they just plow through them. Yeah. This is um, uh, generally true in some ways. It's easier to see um, with interstates. The straighter an interstate is in an inner city, the more easier you can, the more likely it is that the neighborhood it went through was not white or wealthy. Um, Like in Chicago, there's outer bands of the interstate. um, And you can see, you can, when you're driving down, um, one of their interstates that like you know, like circles you around circumnavigate the Jane Byrne interchange um, is what it's called I think I don't know forget it this we're we're, we're a Lexington podcast anyway <laughs> um, there is literally uh, the road like when you go down when you come when you're coming just up from the toll road into Chicago you're just a straight line making it downtown because it went straight through the black belt um, of Chicago. But when you're going around in like West and North Chicago, it like like you know dodges and weaves and spins and curves. There was like a church; it just wraps around because they're one of the councilmen's. It was just their church, and they're like, "No, we have to move the whole interstate around it." Um, lots of lots of goofy stuff like that, um, and that's generally the easier way to tell. Um, but I mean, yeah. I just thinking on a local level. I mean, I was thinking of like um, and even like Tate's Creek Road. There's a lot of windy areas there. Um, and there's yeah. some, yeah, like. Well, that's more consistent with suburban. A lot of yeah. the, a lot of windy Tate's Creeks, um, Tate's Creek is that like, you have to also um, factor in like, suburban development also just doesn't want to follow straight yes. lines, which is goofy. There's there's a lot of ins and outs there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have we have some statistics here, um, from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Oh, we love that. Um, our favorite. Mm-hmm. Um. So these are these are all from uh, 2018. Although I got some, I got some more recent ones to reflect our current economic situation. Oh dear. Um, because uh, to to wrap everything back to where we started, we're talking about homelessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, it got me thinking. Um, I think I saw a tweet a while ago that was like, it's going to be cheaper to uh, actually just like put homeless people in houses than mm-hmm. to uh, just leave them out on the street. This is true. Um, so I'm like, well, let's do some back of the napkin calculations here. Mm-hmm. Um, so as as of 2018, the vacancy rate for homes for homes like houses was 1.6 percent, while apartments were 6.4. So uh, the home vacancy rate, and this is in the Lexington metro area, mm. which we have the surrounding counties. Tech, yeah, technically. And um, as as far as the U.S. government is concerned, uh, yeah. which Frankfurt is unfortunately not in our metro area. Weird. I would. I mean. 
it's uh, it's difficult because of our green belt. Like Jessman County is easily in the metro area. Mm-hmm. Versailles in like like Versailles and Woodford. Not Woodford. Woodford is Versailles. Versailles and Winchester. It's it's different. It, Lexingtons have a large have a hard time contextualizing those exurbs as the metro area because there's a they're not contiguous. But I mean they're there. I believe it. Yeah. Um, People do commute there. It's it's officially Scott County, Bourbon County, Woodford County, Jessamine County, and Clark County, mm-hmm. but not Madison County. Rest in peace, Madison County. Um, but uh, so this is this uh, study deals with those counties, including mm-hmm. Fayette. Okay. Um, so 1.6, which is actually down from 2010. That's great. So uh, more houses were occupied. Yeah. Only marginally, it was like maybe three percent or two percent. Thanks, Jim Gray and or Obama, mm-hmm. I guess. Well, apartments were up. Um, they mm. were at like five percent in 2010, but now they're at six. Or at least as of two years ago, they're six point four percent. That's not great to hear. Um, so the report says that as of 2018, we had 223,000 housing units total, and that includes mm. apartments and homes. Um, in the Fayette Metro, mm-hmm. um, and so using those rates, I estimated the uh, total amount of unoccupied units as of 2018 to be 17,000. Wow. Um, would you like to take a guess at how many homeless people there are in the city of Lexington? I. Am my uh, the poetry in me suggests that there are exactly 17,000 people. Uh, 700. It. Wait a second. Guys, hold on a second. I got to take a breather on this one. Hold on a second. You mean to tell me that there are only 700 of these guys out there? There's just 700 of them? That is that is according... Um, that this is, is as of January 2020. So obviously uh, there's going to be more here, that, uh, more now. But this is, seven, this is from Lex, Lex 18. 700 people is like a graduating class of a public high school. Are you all out of here? You mean to tell me... Okay, right... Okay, so for city councilors listening in, I don't, I'm, I haven't read the show notes for this side to keep myself, um, to keep, to keep, to keep these sort of genuine raw surprise these are, moments. These are fresh takes. Um, where I learned that there's only 700 people who are uh, as um, of January 2020. Okay, sure, there could sure. be more right sure. now. Sure, let's, let, let, let's pretend we're in 2020. I can't wait to go to all these concerts this year. Um, and like, like, okay, 700 people. You could literally run a campaign and being like, my goal is to eradicate homelessness in Lexington because finding a house for 700 people is, I, it doesn't seem that hard, especially Aaron. Can we get those numbers again on vacant housing dwellings? Um, in the Lexington Metro area, as of 2018, there are 17,000 unoccupied units. Oh, gee, whirlickers guys. I it, bada bing, bada boom. I'm I'm sorry if I'm I'm crossing too many T's before you've written them. Um, well, but... I mean, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna um, really drive my point home here. All right, um, hit us. So uh, this is uh, you, you might be asking yourself, well, how much how much do these homeless people cost us? Mm. Um, and so I, I did some I did some research, mm-hmm. um, as this whole section is research. Yeah, and, well, you would hope the whole podcast is research, yes, right? Uh, <laughs> you would hope. <laughs> Um, and so this is in uh, this is from a Philadelphia report. Um, okay, but uh, I feel like this is more of on the higher end, right? Mm-hmm. So um, this is kind of a, a good representation of uh, like worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Philadelphia, each individual homeless person costs city taxpayers around thirty three thousand per year. I'm curious how they make that calculation. Um, and that's through um, just like using different services like libraries and ambulances. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, because homeless people use libraries and they yeah. go to the hospital. Well, I was like, I was already thinking about like ambulance bills and stuff, but I was curious. I'm curious that there's like a, just like a percentage of like, these are the amount of people who wouldn't have to pay for a library that aren't. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in Lexington's... All right, I'm down with this number. Yes. In Lexington's case... Um, this would be uh, a total cost of $231,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see what we've got here. We have, um, yes, as I was saying, the, the homeless people, they use uh, public services, which is why they use uh, tax dollars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of them need medical and mental health services. Correct. Um, there's a lot of people, I mean, I'm you know walking around Woodland Park, mm-hmm. and you see some people were like, this person is clearly homeless yeah. and they need mental health. I would I would love for you to find me someone who totally who has zero health problems and is homeless. Right. Um, it's, it's I would love to, I would find me someone in peak physical and mental condition who also is homeless. 
I, I dare you. Um, um, so yeah, that's just absolutely, absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, the, uh, actual like estimation of, uh, what it would be to, uh, house them, like put them, put them in, um, a, you know, in, uh, other homes and stuff, Uh um, is $12,000, $12,800 a year. (laughs) You hear this city government? It pays for itself, baby. That's right. It pays um, for itself. We could be that could be remember okay. Remember the kind of mad press that the city of London got for um eradicating homelessness very briefly in like March of twenty twenty? Remember when that was just a global headline going around, London eradicates homelessness? That could be any anyone looking out there to really like solidify their um career as a city council person. Be the you could just be the council person who eradicated homelessness. And this is this is also not including hotels. This is specifically including this is specifically just apartments. Yeah, exactly. It's not even like a temporary thing where you buy them a hotel. This is literally you could literally just pay these guys thirteen thousand a mm-hmm. year and um, just call it a day. So I actually I actually need to renege a little bit on my uh, on my back of the napkin calculations. Mm. I was off by a factor of ten. So oh. uh, currently. Currently, uh, homeless people cost uh, Lexington $23 million. Oh. Um, and so uh, well, housing them would cost $8 million. Okay. Um, so still like a uh, very, 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 very good mm-hmm. reduction, but I was off by a factor of 10. Um, but that's okay. Aaron, you can't be, can't be making these. These are some significant, significant figures yes. um, that we're messing up here. It's okay. All right. Um. So, uh, yeah, with well, 17,000 occupied units, right, you know, we have 700 people. Um, it, it could easily be done. Folks, I never would have expected my own podcast to accidentally, without my own knowing, solve homelessness. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, I guess... Wow, would you look at that, ladies and gentlemen? Okay, so this is our new demand for city council. Um uh, we posted we our, our last podcast up where we demanded that Mayor Gordon um, cancel cancel rent, cancel those evictions, suspend evictions. That didn't happen. We've upped the ante. Our demands have increased. <laughs> um, we now want you to eradicate homelessness, which, as we demonstrated, possibly even easier for you to do than the in the uh, halt on evictions. Um, and I'm not really specifically sure how working with hotels works, but um, I know cities like L.A. Mm-hmm. and um, others have have done a pretty good job of providing at least temporary shelters. Yeah, um, which is which is good. Let's say, for example, that um, you're a city council person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're hearing this mm-hmm. and you say, well, what about all of the homeless shelters that we have in Lexington? And we do have. A, a decent amount of, of homeless shelters and we're going to go through them because yeah. um i you know i want the listener in case you run into a situation like me mm-hmm. where you don't know what to do or a situation like a man that aaron met yes well yeah you don't know what to tell them <laughs> or if you're in that situation yourself yeah um so That's we're just going to go through all of them all right hit it um or all all of the major ones there there are a couple smaller ones that may or may not still be in business i'm not sure mm. but we have the salvation army on main street um, that's only for women and children. If you um, frequent Main Street, you you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Chrysalis House off of Versailles Road. Uh, it's also only for women and children. Mm. Um, children and family families, and that is on West Third Street. Um, now there there are shelters for men. Mm. Um, so if you are a a man like that one guy was was. Um, there are uh, there's a Hope Center for Men, and that's on West Loudon. Um, that is open 24/7, 365 for adult men only. Um, there's also the New Life Day Center on North Martin Luther King Boulevard, um, but that I found was mostly for connecting homeless people to other institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the I looked up like homeless shelters in Lexington. Um, a lot of the places that came up were like kind of like the New Life Day Center where they're not specifically shelters, but they're resources to the shelters. Yeah. Um, which is is fine. You know, it's good to get people like connected, but um, I think we we need more more resources mm-hmm. on uh, boots on the ground. Um, I couldn't find any specifically like LGBT shelters. Um, I did some research into um, the like Lexa Give 
Um, you know, there's been like the signs that are everywhere popping up. Yeah. Popping up like a plague yeah. um, all around popping up out of reach of my spray can. Um, so they, they recommend you dial two one one. Um, so we have some statistics here from, from last year. This is 2019 through 2020. Okay. So I've got their annual report pulled up. Um, this is kind of what they've, what they've been doing, and that's the United way of the bluegrass. Um, so this annual report is for the entire state. Mm. Um, so there's going to be fewer people in, in Lexington that are going to be helped. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just kind of what they've been doing. Um, so 211, which is what they recommend you call um, if you need help, is uh, 14,949. Uh, they've saved 34,000 kids and 240,000 people. Um what you can determine what uh what served means um i'm sure they define it in here of just uh helping them you know get a uh get a good place to be um but that is um that is pretty much uh their report um so we got to think about what is what is happening why is this happening why are there why is there nothing really being done right now Mm -hmm. um as the resident Marxist on the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, it all comes back to one thing, and that's capitalism. Yes. Um, one of the things to consider about uh, just the the state of capital uh, that we live in, unfortunately, um, is that at any given point, uh, workers and wage workers are, for a lot of people, like one or two bad paychecks away or one or two bad accidents away from becoming homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's unfortunately the case with a lot of with a lot of people, not even just in Lexington and broader society. Mm-hmm. Um, and so choosing not to do anything about homeless people can sort of be a, a grim reminder of that and mm-hmm. kind of uh, saying like, well, if you if you lose your job because of organizing or something like that, or if yeah. you... If you don't work hard enough, this could be you. Yeah. It's kind of a we, reminder. If we eradicate homelessness, the boot is suddenly off the neck. That's right. And we don't and they don't want that. They've got you where they want you. Mm-hmm. And um the homeless people are there they're choosing not to do anything because of the fact that they want they want to remind you where they've got you. Yeah. So just remember, um at any point your government can eradicate homelessness and simply mm-hmm. chooses not to. That's correct. I mean, it's not like we're the richest country in the history of the world. Correct. Um so I mean, what you know, this is all kind of doom and gloom, but what what really can be done about this? Um well, one of the biggest things that we can do as a uh as kind of a uh community as a, you know, group of people, organize tenant unions. Um we kind of talked about this last episode. Um, both Andy and Uncle Joe have extended eviction moratoriums. Um, so you're going to be good from being evicted at least until March, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, although that might be uh, incorrect. It might be till June, but it's it's for the foreseeable future. Um, you can pressure your landlords into housing the homeless through appropriate means. Mm. So um, if they got an, an uh, apartment or something that's vacant uh, and they're not selling it um, or renting it, pressure them pressure them yes they're not doing um, it being a landlord's not a real job yeah Noti- notably however um i will i will point out one flaw in this notably very and notably um it is always of course very easy to pressure your landlord mm-hmm. um yeah so as a uh, well especially if you form a union or some kind of organization indeed that's um, the that's the key everyone unionizing in every way in every way and straight yes um and the biggest thing you can do, or one of the biggest things you can do, is uh, pressure city council. Yes, to... these are the people that can actually do things. Yes, and they, they're they the people who just unanimously vote yes on everything. So mm-hmm. if you obviously give them something, they'll vote yes on it. Yes, it's true. These people will ra- these people will, ra- will say yes to the secretary whenever um, they desire. So And uh, we want to improve uh, housing zoning regulations so we can obviously provide more housing, more mm-hmm. federal housing, public housing initiatives, Indeed. stuff like that. Um, uh, there is some other um, like direct action that you can do, de- demonstrations, strikes at the courthouses, all that mm-hmm, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the most extreme one is to just abolish landlords because mm-hmm. who needs them? Yeah, um, they're a they're a parasite on society. They contribute absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. um, and really, like they just exist to make money off of land that they just happen to own. Yes. Um, so, really. Uh, 
But that would be the most extreme is just abolish the landlords. Yeah. Um, so to kind of to wrap things up, uh, we, we have, uh, kind of, uh, the statistics now for Lexington, um, unemployment in Lexington has been fluctuating around 5% in the past five, five months, mm-hmm. um, which was better, uh, than in the early pandemic was 15%. Mm. Um, it's still not good. 5% was not seen since 2014. Um, but it's, this is, uh, only as of December. So we don't know the statistics as of January. Um, this also doesn't account for people who are living at or below the poverty line, because um, they may be still in a housing situation, but they're still not well off on their own means. Yeah, their housing's not secure. They're not in secure housing. Mm-hmm. Um, so this data doesn't even include them, which is which is hard. It's kind of hard to categorize. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a topic for another day. Indeed. Um, but uh, that's that's pretty much all I have to say about. Um, Kind of the the housing crisis in Lexington, it's it's a bit of a mess, um, but there's there's some clear steps that you can do to so make sure you organize and and do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's happened again. Yes, you've wasted another perfectly good hour listening to Lame, our uh, esteem, esteemed executive producer Charlie Carey. Thank you for all the work that you do on this podcast. Very much appreciated. Um, we will be seeing you guys next week. All right. And uh, even though, even though uh, Liz Sheehan uh, unanimously votes no on all the city council bills every time she hears us say it, this is lame. All right. All right. <laughs> We're out of here. Okay. Cool. I can see the. I'm, I'm, I'm I like... was trying. I was trying. <laughs> I did know. I wasn't looking at the agenda, and I finally scrolled down. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) All right. (laughs) 